What's up, everybody? Welcome to Mongols, brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network. I'm Mike. With me is Kev, Josh, and Liz. The Hounds got a nil-nil draw against Tulsa, which feels like an eternity ago. We're going to break down what we saw and look ahead to the switchbacks this weekend. Let's go. Kev, you like vanished for that split second and then came back and knocked your camera out of whack. What are you doing? <laughs> well, okay. So my cat is on the normal chair that's here that is adjustable height. And so I grabbed just like a chair from like our little dining table and that's not adjustable height. So I sit down and it just, I don't like the camera. Like I was looking very tall and I didn't like the camera angle. So I quickly just, you know, I was like, there's some books. I'm going to stack them on my laptop to give me a little more height. And that's what I was doing. Instead nice. of moving the cat. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, I understand completely. <laughs> Steve just pointed out in chat that Liz is on screen, which means she won't be giving the banter in chat. Liz, what's going on? Not much. Nice weather. We got outdoor furniture built. I'm going to hang up clothes tomorrow. Wait, 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 what kind of outdoor furniture did you build? I mean, it, it was a kit. It wasn't like we like built no, it from scratch. But, but yeah, like paint us like a picture here. Furniture. It's okay. an L that seats six people and then a small couch that sits two more and a little table in the middle. Yeah, on our back deck. So it's like a whole outdoor room now. It is yeah. a whole outdoor room. It's a 20 by 20 deck, so we got to fill it up. Oh, dang. That's awesome. So you we're a little too... When Kevin comes to town party at your house? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. When Kevin mm -hmm. comes over, that's his room, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Outside. <laughs> There's a shed, my... too. I mean, I'll take the shed. I'm happy with that. I mean, it's Rubbermaid, and it's more of a kind of like a cabinet. But, yeah, same thing. Mike, you were a little too familiar with your... Uh... No, I know you didn't build it. Like, I... <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I understand what you're saying. I, I completely agree. I'm just saying, you know. Listen, we've had a lot of conversations and like I, sometimes when I say build, I mean like I bought some lumber and I'm like building it from scratch. And I knew that Josh and Liz are not those people. So I, I didn't assume that, you know, they were rough cutting lumber and making it from scratch. I don't doubt that you could. I just know that that's not necessarily saved correct. at the end there, Mike. Yeah. That was good. We probably would be those people if we had like a garage. But we don't have a garage, so it's hard to set up all the stuff. I could totally see you guys being like Nick Offerman and just like having a secret wood shop that you just retire to. And that's where, you know, yeah. I could see Liz doing that. I don't think you understand <laughs> how much of an indoor cat I am uh, of a human being. I'm I'm the one who grew up in like the middle of 80 acres and was like, I'm going to stay inside and play Doom on the computer. <laughs> meanwhile, my dad's like, I bought a four-wheeler. Let's go. It's like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you, Josh. Yeah. Uh, um, anybody do anything fun this week other than assembling furniture? I hung out at my friend's house. He has just finished his finished basement. Like, it just got finished. And it's supposed to be our game room. It's like, that's why he built it. It's like a speakeasy look to it. It has, like, Art Deco vibes. And you just got furniture in there and... Uh, He's getting game tables. It's it's all getting set up. Nerdy game room, not like poker. We're talking like 
board games and D&D. But uh, <laughs> so we uh, got down there. We're like, all right, first game night in the room. And we ended up just uh, drinking at the bar the whole time and talking. Uh, but, you know, it was fun. Nice. Good, good. Kev, have you been out hiking at all? Uh, no, I mean, but I have been trying to enjoy the weather. Knoxville every year does a like chalk walk art thing. Um, and that was this weekend. Um, so artists from like the region come in and just do really cool art on the like sidewalks of Knoxville and like in the market square area. Um, so it was cool. The Knoxville marathon was this, uh, this weekend too. Uh, so we got down and like saw the guy who won like run through and 26 miles in two hours and 31 minutes. Mm. Um, yeah, it was insane. Like this, we saw him at the very end and I was like, I can't run that fast. Like I guess you're if power you... walking, that's fine. But <laughs> So yeah, I mean, it was, yeah, it was insane. Yeah. Speaking of running, um, uh, for those, I've mentioned it on the show. Uh, my oldest son, Ollie broke his leg his his tibia playing soccer in the fall we had his first practice of the spring with sort of their travel season on tuesday and then on friday he came home with a limp we thought he just stubbed his toe turned out he broke his toe in two places in gym class so how do you do it reset back to the back to the drawing board um they were playing like baseball and gym and he like ran into a dude like twice his size and it broke his big toe in two places so we can't you just wrap that and go on the field well I, listen saturday we, we we spent saturday night at med express because it happened friday and then we were like well if you just stubbed it like it, it should be okay and then he was at a thing all day saturday came home took off his sock and his toe was like purple and we were like well crap so we went to med express they did an x-ray and they were like yep there's a there was a fracture and then there's like a piece of the bone that was chipped off so um yeah we we scheduled an appointment for him to go back to his orthopedist but i had to let his soccer coach know like he's probably done for the season and he let his track coach know today that he's done for the season (laughs) he's got like this crazy like styrofoam sandal that he has to wear and he just tapes his toes because they can't cast it so he just Mm -hmm. tapes the toes together but They've got to let it heal. So you show him video games and how yeah. cool they are. <laughs> it's fine. He's familiar. He's, okay. he's familiar. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, he's he's good. We have to have some conversations about like, well, now you have a few months all freed up that we thought we're gonna be crazy busy. So what are you gonna do with them? So learned um, to knit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, legit. Um yeah. That's what's going on with us, guys. The Hounds, let's let's talk about the game, I suppose. The the Hounds drew nil-nil against Tulsa. Um, we talked a little bit. It feels like this game happened a lifetime ago. Tuesday night games, 8 o'clock. That was another one where literally we came home from soccer practice and I caught like the first half of the game and then fell asleep just because we're also dog-sitting uh, two older sled dogs, um, which is cool. Uh, one of them is so old that I literally have to carry her in and out of the house to go to the bathroom. So like, that's not so cool. So like, yeah, lots going on here. So I totally missed the second half. I went back and rewatched the first half. I was saying, I thought I could maybe watch it at double speed on ESPN today. And that didn't happen. Um, so I have no idea. I mean, I, I watched the highlights, but uh, Can no you idea watch it on double, sp- like double speed. Is it like a technical thing? Oh, okay. It just wasn't an option. Okay. Um, yeah, it's not YouTube. YouTube will let you do that, but yeah. ESPN does not. Yeah. Um, 
But regardless, Hounds drew nil nil against Tulsa. There were a number of lineup changes. I think we had four guys get their first starts of the season. It was a clear four two three one. Big surprise for me was Jamali Waite was back in goal less than 48 hours after starting for Jamaica and getting a 2-2 draw from Mexico, which is awesome. I think that, A, that says a ton about Jamali, and B, I think that says a ton about Bob's confidence in him potentially being the number one. I don't know if I'm reading into that too much, but like the what fact that potential. He he's the number one. Like I, I don't know what you're talking about. Listen, we've talked about how, you know, over the years, Bob likes to rotate. And this was clearly an opportunity to have somebody else start. And he was he threw him right back in there. So I don't know. Yeah, he's number one. I, right, I don't think anyone's like, taking him up. I agree. That's so atypical. He has to be the number one. I, I would I'd be happy with that. Like, I, I like him as I thought he looked solid in this game. So, yeah. Um, good on him guys. Some of the new players, or I shouldn't say new players, but the players that got their first start, I'm just interested in sort of your thoughts on, on how they did. So Joe Farrell got his first start. We've seen him obviously get minutes in the past three games. Um, we had Tola showing me who got his first start. Tony Lopez got his first start. Burke failing got his first start. So, Kev, you said you not only watched the game but took notes, so you might be the most prepared out of all of us for a change. Is it opposite day already? Um, (laughs) Yes. Um, What were your thoughts on those guys? Um, I thought they all, they didn't look out of place. And I think that's the big, one of the biggest compliments you can pay to um, a team this early, uh, a team that had to kind of do the turnaround it did and go away and face a good Tulsa team. and and it's in a lineup that i mean not it not just the lineup but in a formation that changed as well from the first uh three games that we played um they yeah in my opinion they didn't look out of place they all filled their role really well um and brought a lot of energy to it i mean one of my big takeaways was uh i was really impressed with how well we pressed tulsa um especially at the beginning of the game to the point where i one of the first notes i wrote was um, you know, I thought we pressed them really well. I just worry that we couldn't keep it up for 90 minutes because it just, it seemed like our legs were going to fall off eventually if we, if we kept running and, and closing them down the way, the way we did. Um, and a lot of that comes from, you know, showing me Lopez and failing who, who kind of create that front four. Um, so yeah, no, I thought, I thought they all did really well. Do you think that any of them did enough to make their way into the like air quotes normal starting eleven conversation? I don't know. I mean, it, no, but that also makes it sound like I'm saying they didn't do well, and I'm not saying that either. I th- like they did fine. Like I think to to after one game to clearly make a statement to say, you know, for my first start of the, the season. I've played so well in a concentrated 90 minutes that I deserve like absolutely a starting position from here on out. No, I mean, for that, I think you need to score a goal and play really well or set up a goal and play really well. Um, and obviously that didn't happen. So I thought they played well, but no, I wouldn't say any of them like convinced Lily that they're absolute must starts for, you know, the next game. Liz, what are your thoughts? I think that would have been hard to do on this field period. Cause when they came in the second half, you're on the, you're on the straw and that pitcher's mound was, you know, the 
there are whole pieces of it coming up. So you had to play more reserved. I think that's maybe why we saw them come out so fast on the first half, because they knew that they were safer there shutting things down and putting on their speed. Whereas if you're going to keep it in your half, the second half for us, that means we got to be more reserved so we don't break an ankle. Like that field looked awful. It looked really bad. Yeah. Yeah. Josh, what do you think? It was a little bit frustrating because it did look like we had a lot of good opportunities. Or are you talking about the new players? Anything. anything okay, cool. Want to talk about, yeah. Making sure. Uh, so, yeah, a lot of the, like, the chances we had, especially early on the, the first half, like, it just was not connecting the, the finishing touches and all that kind of stuff. So it was, it felt like we could have easily been winning this game um, and we should have been winning the game. Uh, but with that said, I mean... It's hard to be upset about this result. I mean, after playing so close together games and then, you know, just having to worry about having a whole bunch of new players on the field and holding it together and getting as nil nil draw is actually really good. I mean, a point away and, you know, three at home. We we basically have that, although we got our three away and we got our point at home. Um, but still, that's our record right now is what you would want in not like a perfect world, but in like an ideal idea is that this should be what we have. Yeah. Hound's still without a loss on the season. So you can't really complain about that. If you actually look at Tulsa, uh, Tulsa is currently leading the league, like all of the USL in goals scored with eight. And that's after we held them to none. So they were coming into this game, having scored a ton of goals and we held them to none. So I think that's a positive takeaway. I think the fact that, we do have a team that we can rotate in some of these players that we can change. The formation is positive as well. Um, I, I don't know. Like, you know, I, I obviously was harsh. I actually had a dream the other night. This is where my headspace is that I was at dinner and Lily was there. Like, and, and he like confronted me and he was like, I listen to every show and like, I don't like what you're saying about, about the team. And like, he was taking it very personally. And I was like, I know it's a dream. Cause I know you don't listen to every show. Like, I know that's not a thing. Um, and I'm, I'm pretty sure that you wouldn't take whatever I say personally either. So like not a big deal, but um, no, I think what, what, what encourages me about this team is that it's still early season. We played four games. Like we've already said, we're not going to look at the standings until 10 games in. You sort of get a sense from looking at some of the results at other teams that or other games that other teams in the East are struggling a little bit. And we have seemed to find that consistent level of we're not like crushing teams, but we're also not getting crushed. We're just sort of like even keel right in the middle and that's if you keep playing that way, first of all, you set yourself up to hopefully go up from there. Um, but like, secondly, there are flashes of things that I find to be encouraging. So we'll see. Um, you know, I, I'm feeling much better about this season now than I did four games ago. And that's good. Um, one of the things that Steve just put in the chat is that there wasn't any news from the media office as of Saturday. Uh, uh, Burke failing got subbed out at halftime for Robbie Mertz. And it wasn't clear whether or not that was related to an injury or not. Kevin. I think that was just predetermined. I think in his head, Lily almost said Mertz is coming on at halftime really kind of no matter what the situation is. That's my guess. I don't know. Yeah. And once again, I thought, you know, from what I saw the second half, Mertz looked good. 
Like, yeah. I, I think I had some concerns about Mertz coming into the season. Not that I was worried that he wouldn't be productive, but based on how he came in last season, I think we all had really high hopes and it just felt like it didn't deliver. And it seems like so far this season, he is delivering. Like, I, if, if you're making an argument for who has been one of our best, I'll say, attacking players so far in these first four games you can say Dequa because of the goals but i'd have to say that mertz is up there as well so i don't know does yeah, anybody disagree with that on, no i agree he's taking on some additional responsibilities mm-hmm. too like he's taking on the corners and some of the the other kicks so i think that i mean the very obvious statement having him for preseason and having him learn the team um has helped all of this mesh together i also think that because of the way that he plays with Forbes and just their style of communication, they're very willing to talk to a lot of these players. And, you know, like the Mertz family will have the players over their house. So you build this relationship with him that I think allows us to have a couple of extra leaders on the field. And I think we're seeing that you talking about how people are falling in better and can substitute for each other. And we don't lose a lot of the consistency of play. I think that's part of it. I agree. I think Mertz is becoming, he's maturing slowly more and more into a leader. I mean, I know he, he takes on the captaincy um, in moments um, when, well, presumably, yeah, presumably when Forbes isn't on the field. Um, But uh, no, I agree. I I think if Mertz came in and, and just kind of stayed at the level that he was in the last season or two seasons, it would have been good, but you know, it would have been okay. He hit his ceiling. And and to me, at least, he's shown signs of taking on more responsibility this year and, yeah, doing doing a little bit more than what at least I thought he was capable of, of consistently doing, you know, last season. I just wish it wasn't uh, at the, you know, detriment of taking Burke off. I, I like Burke a lot, and I thought, you know, it would be nice to have. He could have stayed on the field longer. <laughs> yeah. Who do you take off instead if you want to bring Mertz on there? I don't care. I just want laser. In <laughs> Strong tactics there, Josh. Uh, that's what I'm known for. My tactics. <laughs> <laughs> um, we kind of have to talk about, you know, once again, the, the ref becomes uh, a big part of the conversation in this game. Uh, there was a moment where there was a clear handball. Uh, we can talk about whether or not you guys think it was a handball or not. Uh, that could have led to a hound's pen, but even more clear, at least in in my interpretation of things, was Deke's goal that was disallowed. Uh, essentially, ball was played over the top. Deke was making a run at the ball, basically looking back at the ball full time, gets his head on it, and it goes into the net. At the same time, the keeper makes a run out to try to play the ball, doesn't touch the ball, and crashes into Dequa. And the ref not only called a foul on Dequa, but then gave him a yellow afterwards. And it's not clear if the yellow was for dissent or, I mean, Deco was clearly upset because he headed the ball under the net and had no idea the keeper was there. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I'll go a step further. I, I don't even care if he's looking at the keeper the entire time. He got there before the keeper and exactly. puts his head on it. And to me, there's just no foul there. I don't know. My, my only guess is like head injuries are so looked after by refs that maybe he sees the keeper go down and like that kind of, I don't know, like instinct kicks in 
to say head injury bad. If there's any possibility of head injury, I stop the game immediately. I blow a whistle. Okay, foul. All right, but um, if so, then someone needs to tell her that a keeper uses his hands a lot <laughs> and probably isn't going Look, after it with his head. I completely agree, and I'm just I'm trying to pull, I'm just trying to figure out. But I mean, and also, wait, isn't there? I'm the last person who knows details about this stuff, but I remember there was conversation around like ref contractual uh, like agreements mm-hmm. with the USL and the league and, and whatever. I don't know. It, or is this a different group of refs than we're getting from? They made it sound like it was going to be, um, but so far it's all been pro. Like, okay. it, like the contract with pro was, uh, they made the whole big deal about it being off. Like there's no contract to be um, exclusive to pro, I guess you would say. But now like every game I've seen has been pro refs. Yeah. What, what, I mean, what the conversation has been that they are pro refs, just not potentially refing under the title of pro they're no they're still pro refs and they're still like i think it's just more like ad hoc where it's like if they wanted to they could use other refs but Mm. so far they have not they're just using pro yeah yeah and like yeah it was obviously a goal i don't like i've been actually i was kind of like putting out my mind when we first started talking about this game but yeah it was a goal looking at it again it's definitely a goal and i don't know how that was called off but at the same time it was and i still thought we looked good afterwards like it didn't deflate us um so at least we had that going for us i thought it was funny that um you know dequo was all heated and it was uh showing me who came over and tried to calm him down in the same way that a few games ago when showing me missed his sitter dequo was there to calm him down so that's good to see that amongst you know the team it did make me think though you know that's a case where if there was something like var you would hope that that would get overturned. But we've also seen a lot of cases where VAR has just been ridiculous in the EPL. So my question to you guys is, would you want to see VAR in the USL, knowing all of the the, the pros and the potential cons of it? I mean, I don't, I, I don't understand. I don't see how it possibly happens, given like the financial resources the league has. But I would, yeah, I'd take it immediately. College lacrosse has it. Why can't we? Do they really? Yeah. Interesting. Liz, well, would, you, would you take it? Co- college sporting budgets are can be pretty high. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Have you seen tuition? <laughs> um, we did a whole episode of it on soccer better, and my opinion is yes, but you have to do it right. There are plenty of things that I think are done really wrong, especially with the offside rule um, and how long you take for a bar. I think there should be limits on how long you can look at it before what happened on the field stand because it's not a clear and obvious error. There need to be a lot of updates. I think we can learn from EPL, but yeah, I would like to see VAR. With that said, I like Mike, your original, one of your original parts of that question was like, do we think that VAR would have called the goal a goal? And I, I feel like VAR is great at catching things. The ref miss as far as like more harsh or like offside, that kind of stuff. I don't think it's that great at like making a goal, a goal when it was called off. Like, I feel like when the ref calls a goal off, it's like 90% of the time they're like, okay, yeah, we'll just say it was, you know, that we're going with the ref. We're, we're not going to, you know, counter, counteract what he said. But if it's the other way around where the ref said it was a goal, they're like, look, like, actually, that wasn't a goal. Like, that happens more often, I feel like, than the other way. I'll agree with you, but I think that's also in the context of Premier League refs. Good refs? Yeah, that's yeah. true. <laughs> better, sorry. Uh, better, I was going to say, yeah, you're going to better refs. Yeah. <laughs> better refs. Higher just, paid, more qualified refs. Yes. I just, I don't, 
I mean, I, I was, I was just, I was searching for anything in my original like perspective of, well, maybe the ref sees it as a head injury. And I take Steve's point in the comments, like, yeah, it was wrong. It was, it was the wrong decision. And barring that, I, like, I don't even see how it's close. Like, I, I don't, I don't understand what the call was. I don't understand, like, what, even did, the Homer what, did, or even the Homer uh, announcers were mm-hmm. like, that was a goal. Like yeah. it was pretty bad when even them, which are obviously like the hometown announcers, and they're going to be on the side. Uh, Tulsa, they were like, mm. at least one guy was. He was like, yeah, it's, it's a goal, which is kind of ridiculous because, like, I feel like what now in the past two seasons, we've had like clear and obvious examples where a goal was not given to us when it correctly should have, and. Now I understand goals change how the flow of the game goes after that, but just purely from like a numbers point of view at the end of the game, like those goals would have given us wins. And so like that could have been a huge moment for us. And I know it's only four games in the season and blah, blah, blah. But yeah, it's, it's a bitter thing to swallow right now. If we're out of the playoffs by two points. (laughs) Yeah. I'm remembering this. It's only one point right now. One was from last year. No, 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 Two, because we got one point instead of three points because we, mm. we drew instead of one. Never mind, I'm wrong. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> guys, what else? Uh, what other takeaways from this game? What other things that you guys want to talk about? I mean, we got to talk about Junior. Uh, it, I don't know if you, Mike, I think that was that the second half that Junior got injured? Yeah. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, he came down. It looked like his, they were looking at his arm the whole time. Uh, I, yeah, I, I think he broke something in his arm or something like that. Like, I, it looked pretty bad. We have not heard anything about it uh, officially yet, so I don't know what's going on. But yeah, it looked like like a broken arm probably happened. Mm. Well, I mean, I guess depending upon where the break is, he could potentially still play with it. You could cast. Yeah, it like up you and know about this, right? With like, <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying, like broken things, in, and yeah, yeah. You there's lots of players that have played with broken arms. If it's you know maybe not your like if it's below the elbow and it's just the forearm, you can cast it and play in that. But I don't know how comfortable he would be doing that. Um, I don't. Yeah. I don't think it. I don't know from the bit that I saw, the um, the 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 medical staff was kind of. I don't know. They, they were like, it looked to me like they were trying to correctly position his entire arm. It wasn't that they were just kind of like treating his, you know, forearm or something. Do you think it looks like, like a they, shoulder injury? That I, so at first I thought he like dislocated his shoulder. Yeah. And, and then I was like, oh, it, this is worse than that. Um, yeah. I thought elbow for some reason. And I don't know why, because there weren't a lot of views on it, but I, I felt more jointy to me. But, yeah. ooh. Which is, I don't know. I, and I even, so we know my bias towards Etu. I think he's great. I think, I think he's amazing. And I, I put it, I don't know. So I, and I'm curious. So I, I have in my notes, like, okay, Etu is so good. How blah, many blah, times blah, are you going to say you have notes? I feel like, like when you do it, it happen oh often, God, I know. right? Never stop. I love it. Let him um, have this. I, <laughs> that that like Etu, oh, this is going to sound so corny. I even hate saying this, but like Etu was almost playing like two good passes. Like I, to me, he was, he was directing them the way they should. So like, you know how sometimes you can kind of, 
you can lead your teammate to do the thing you want them to do, right? You, you pass into space in front of them at a certain distance where you know they can run onto it with speed and you can kind of keep the play going rather than just passing it right to their feet and then they have to stop and turn. And he was constantly doing that. And like his teammates just like they weren't reading the flow of the game and reacting to it. And so it ends up being like a turnover when, at least in my view, it was a great pass. And like he had an, like the teammate had enough space to run onto it and, and continue on possession and it just didn't work out. And I was I was like, yeah, Etu is just playing too good of passes here for us. And I thought he was breaking up play. The other thing was he's he doesn't just break up play. He breaks up play and then quickly transition transitions us. It's not that he's just winning the ball and then it rolls over into a second ball that we regain possession and cycle it back to the center backs. He's winning the ball, turning up and finding Dequa within seconds. Um, I, yeah, I, it, that could be a, a really big loss. I don't know. I don't know what we do in the midfield. I felt like I was happy with the Abara Forbes at two Mertz thing. Um, you know, I don't know if failing or laser can, <laughs> can or should be more of a central midfielder. It feels like he brings a lot of energy to kind of like the wider areas of the field. Um, so maybe he can fill in there. I don't know, but yeah, at two, it's, it's going to, I think it's going to be a big loss. Well, I think not even just losing him as a talent. I think that that drastically changes how we could approach games. Right. I think a lot of us were thinking that Etu and Kenny could sort of play as those double pivots because Etu could sort of cover where Kenny wasn't. Yeah. Um, and now I was already worried about the depth of that position as is. Now, if he's gone, you can't have Kenny in there as a single pivot. Um, you know, that exposes the defense. So then now you're playing maybe Ibarra and then who? Like there's, I don't know if what, Zell or Zwell Sloot. I can't even say it. If zoot Suit, but you're close. Zoot Suit, yeah, yeah. Zoot, <laughs> I don't know if Zoot Suit can, can play in that spot or not, but it feels like a position that we were light in to begin with. Now we're like super light in. And has the potential to, you know, that's the, I'm going to say it, that's the Danny Griffin role that, um, that sort of runs the offense. You know, it goes from defense to offense. And I know Danny's not here. I'm not making a plea for Danny to be here, but that's how I think about it is that with that, with nobody there, you miss that, that link. So it is a shame because over the, over the four games, I personally got enough evidence to prove to me that he was okay. significantly better than Danny, but uh, okay. you know, Danny Griffin now, was voted in as one of the top midfielders in the Lily era. So I don't, I don't really care. Mike. Okay. <laughs> you guys and your love affairs with these players this year is <laughs> endlessly entertaining. I mean, okay. you, one could say that junior, uh, Etu, uh, was playing two good passes, or one could say that he wasn't reading his players' the crappiness of his teammates. <laughs> he was he wasn't realizing the run they were making, and he was deciding that they should be making a different run instead of actually playing with his his teammates. Uh, one could say or sounds like political spin to me, Josh. <laughs> he wasn't playing the side of the field that the rest of the team was on. I think that's another problem that once you got to the bad side of the field. Mm. Yeah, you're not going to put on that same speed. You can't yeah. play in the same way. So I think there may have been where he, you know, broke up playing and did all the secondary things that pushing players forward was maybe too much for for what we were playing on. Kev, what else is in your notes that we haven't talked about yet? 
Um, I mean, like to to start general and go to a little more specific. I mean, I thought it was just a good game against two really good teams. I mean, I, I I'd like to see this matchup again at the end of the season after you know both Tulsa and us had a full season under us um, in the final. Yeah, that'd be cool. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so, um, you know, I, I mean, it was. I mean, it like it ends zero zero, but I. I Chance, I like noted chance after chance. I mean, like Ordonia should have scored in the 40th minute. We have another good chance in the 44th minute. Jamali Jamali Wait had, or had a really good save. I think like around stoppage time or the beginning. I, mm-hmm. I have minute 46, so I don't know if that stoppage time was stoppage the first time. half of the first. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't like it was a boring nil nil that was devoid of chances. I think it was it was an exciting game. We were pressing them. I think the other like fascinating thing to me was. It felt like after around 40, 42 minutes, like Tulsa kind of started to figure out what we were doing and adapted to it like appropriately. I think we were, we were pressing them really well. They didn't really have a solution. And then they they altered how they started playing and started to find some joy in it. I think this you know they started hitting more like long diagonals and it was connecting and they were just kind of bypassing our press, bypassing the midfield. Um, and so for when a team can kind of react to that in real time without the need of a halftime talk from your manager, and that's really impressive. And so I, it was just a, it was an enjoyable game that I thought it, it would have been a shame if almost either team would have lost. I was surprised when I look back at the stats. I don't know. These could be unofficial stats. I just Google it. I don't go on USL site, but like... Um, <laughs> I was say, that, while you're while you're looking that up, one thing that um, I started using is it FOTMOB? FOTMOB, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know how you pronounce it. Yeah, FOTMOB. <laughs> um, and I freaking love it. Like mm-hmm. I had been using Twitter and I had been using USL stuff to like get uh, get details on games and things. Dude, FOTMOB is amazing uh, in terms of like giving you all of the stats and the lineups and the play-by-plays and so much better than anything else out there. If you haven't pulled up, does it, is it telling you what the possession stats were for this game? Let's find out, Kevin. Yes. Uh, Tulsa had almost 70% possession. Okay. So that surprised me. I, that didn't feel what I saw in the game. I mean, yes, Tulsa had more possession, but we had, we had 18 total shots to Tulsa's seven. Although we only had three on target and they had two on target. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, all of that saying, I think, you know, showing me failing and Mertz, you know, um, I, I, th- I think it did a, good, it did a good job kind of pressing as a unit. They, they were willing to work and they were willing to run. And I think Bob probably loves that. And I am sure that'll get rewarded as the season goes on. Yeah. I mean, we had some conversations about uh, at the season ticket holder event how Bob sort of related um, the work ethic and the commitment that this group of players has compares the, compared to previous seasons. So it will be interesting to see if that all translates to, you know, goals and wins on the field. So um, speaking of like the possession, all that kind of stuff, the the hopes and dream chart uh, uh, for this game, the XG uh, was actually also more even than I thought it was going to be. Like I was expecting it to look like, because I, I remember so many of our chances like should have been going in, but they weren't. Uh, but they actually show that those had some really good opportunities. I mean, obviously the one that we saved, uh, but there's more than that. Uh, so I was kind of surprised by seeing the, the the chances there. And then also along the same lines is uh, USL Tactics. 
came out with a chart that he's been tracking the XG um, over the whole season so far. So, you know, that huge sample size. But right now the Hounds have the best defense out of all the teams in the USL. So that's, you know, playing into the narrative of Lily defensively minded team. As far as attacking, we are like middle of the pack. So it wasn't like we were terrible, terrible, but it was nice to see that we are seeing our defense, which we thought was good this season. We we went into the season thinking it was going to be good. Uh, kind of seeing that bear out so far, at least. Yeah, that's awesome. That's a good. Um, that's a good graph. Yeah, I like that. It's cool. We shared uh, on Twitter and on YouTube um, Tifo, which uh, puts out all sorts of videos and stuff on YouTube. If you don't follow them, they're a good follow. They put out a whole video this past week just about XG, like explaining it down to a T. Um, and I thought it was really informative. So we, we shared that out. If you've missed that, just go check out either Twitter or our community page over on YouTube and you'll see the video. It's worth a watch. It's a pretty short video. It just says, you know, yeah. this is what uh, teddy bears and everything nice is made out of. It's the hopes and dreams of your team. So Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. Uh, a quick point on that too i don't think it's i don't know in pushback on me if you disagree with this but i don't think sometimes uh, you know good and solid defensively can the the immediate um expectation of that is boring and just like putting a bunch of players behind the ball and just like sitting there yeah, I, this that was not how we defended against Tulsa. <laughs> so it was, it was an exciting. It, it's a weird phrase, but like it was an exciting way of defending. And, uh, I would say that's one big difference about you know the the term Lily Ball was a huge thing uh, with Lily defensive minded, and people did say like there was a lot of vocal people on Twitter being like Lily Ball is boring to watch, you know Rochester's boring to watch, but they they kind of eke out those wins. It's, it's a, you know, very rounders type of approach to, to soccer. Um, just little by little getting those, you know, little advantages and just barely winning, uh, you know, the Lily special, we would call it here, but it, that's not this season. Like this season, it's been fun to watch. It's, it feels like we're getting these good defensive ratings because the ball isn't in our half as much. And it isn't so much that the, you know, we're constantly, bunkering down it's just that they're not getting very many chances to score on us yeah i said sort of early on that um i i i don't care about results what i care about is sort of what i'm seeing on the field and what we're doing and i think the two big encouraging things from this game were once again like we said the defensive prowess jamali weight we look solid at the back we should have had probably two goals in this game, like eventually those will swing back in our direction and we'll get some goals where, you know, we otherwise thought maybe we shouldn't have. So I think that'll all even out, but the eye test for now, it's pretty good. I mean, we don't, again, we don't know how good Tulsa is going to be come the end of the season, but you can only play the team that you're up against this week. So I can't really complain. I, I don't want to leave the, the discussion around Tulsa with a, like a negative but I, I do think, I, I don't but know. But I'm gonna. Yeah. <laughs> my, my worry is, I don't know. I think the Etu loss is going to have a big impact on our season. But we'll see. I think that Lily expects the players to be able to fill in a lot of places and be adaptable. And we're going to see that come into play here. And I think the way in which 
the team is obviously communicating each other and the way that the locker room is building up around it is going to be to reinforce that in a positive way. It is a loss for sure. If it is a loss. Um, but I think that if we have to rebound, it'll take, you know, one, maybe two games at most to rebound from that and figure out another, another formation, another person to put another body to put there and change. It do, it does seem like the locker room has more leaders in it like than in years gone by. And it's not and it's weird because it's it's like the same players. Like for example, I'm kind of getting a vibe that Dequa is kind of feeling more comfortable in his own skin, feeling more comfortable in his role about how long he's been here. And he it seems like he is taking more of a leadership role in the field. Um I think Mertz is slowly continuing to develop that and establish that more. So yeah, that's a that's a good point. It's a new nickname, yeah, Chico. It's a, it's given a lot of you know energy for him. So I don't know what that like. Where did that come from? <laughs> uh, there were some players last season that would call him Chico. Uh, I, I was not told who the players were, but mm. a couple players were just calling him Chico, uh, and he loved it and decided that's my nickname. And well, because it was like everyone was calling him that because of those players calling him Chico all the time. So he was like, "Sweet, that's what I want to be called now." And uh, so he didn't give it to himself, like some reports out there were saying. It was given to some, him. Some some podcasts are reporting, yeah. not us. Yeah. Not us. <laughs> uh, but oh, yes. Wow, guys. Yeah. We love you, Hansi. Um, Never change. That's right. Uh, it, it, what position did Joe Farrell come in uh, when we were at home? He came he, in as an attacker. What position did he come it in? It was as? basically like center forward. I was just wondering if, like, could we see J- Joe Farrell coming in for junior like it's maybe he, you know just as good as junior right like that <laughs> <laughs> i think i think what will be interesting and very telling is you know we're, we're going to talk about it here in a second but the hounds are going to head to play colorado springs switchbacks this saturday and whether or not we see a similar formation as we saw in this one and there's just a like for like replacement or if we see lily go with a whole different formation that minimizes the potential loss of somebody like that too. I'll say this. I mean, I don't think I can't think of a single player that Lily would completely change a system in the absence of that one player. I think his like a core ethos of his is like system over individual player. And, you know, see Dane Kelly from last year, you know, see what, you yeah, know, but like, so here we roll out like a four, two, three, one, you could you could realistically go to like a three four you know three or three four two one there's that math (laughs) i'm just saying like (laughs) you could do like a three four three and then what you basically have is you have more bodies in the middle of the field to try to cover the loss of somebody like him and you have your wingers just going up and down the field so my i don't know my hunch is lily will potentially incorrectly just back another player and say, yeah, you can do this job and just kind of throw them. Throw I them think in we'll there. see a different formation, but I think it's because Lily practices different formations because he wants to, even if he's like, Oh, you know what? This isn't working after 20 minutes. I'm changing my formation. He, he does that. He does that with some frequency. And so I think we'll see a change in formation. I do think he has options, um, but it's, he, he's not a like for like, coach that's not who he brings in he's like oh well if this person goes down i know who i'm replacing them with it's like if this person goes down who are we playing and then what can i change on the field and so i just 
I don't feel like that's how he builds his team. I, th- I think it's the yeah. who are we playing thing. I think he really mm-hmm. leans on that. Oh, yeah. 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 I, I mean, in the past, yes, but I feel like this season we've seen the same 4-4-2 set up and the same players starting every game. The only reason we didn't see that for this game is because this was a midweek game. Like, this this is the outlier game, not the, the norm. So, like, I feel like we pretty much go back to the lineup we had uh, minus Etu. Like, we'll see what's going on with him. Uh, but that we've had, you know, the previous three games before this. Do we think that maybe we've played the same players in the same formation because it's early in the season and we don't know what those teams are like necessarily. We don't have a lot of tape on them. And so this is working for us. And now he's like, well, I have to adapt a little bit. I mean, it's possible, but we've never seen him use the same three games in a row lineup. I think, I think this season is the first time we've said the same lineup all three games, Mm -hmm. even the first games of the season. So it was just an interesting to see that and kind of like start to think maybe four four two is our formation now. Like maybe this is us. Is that the influence of a, a keeper coach of like a full another full time? <laughs> no, seriously, like another full time person saying, mm-hmm. you know, with a not that like you know the assistant coach doesn't have a voice, but someone he hired as a straight authority that he has to listen to to some extent. I mean, I don't know if the keeper coach is just dictating formation though. Uh, maybe this is just a. Is stepping up more. <laughs> yeah, that could be it too. Hear me out. No. Uh, jo- <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. No, it's great. I love it. <laughs> um, Joe Farrell has now played forward and defense. Why not midfield? I mean, you know, that's what, I I, I, that's what Josh said. <laughs> no, wait. Oh, I thought thank you, you said... for not not listening to other podcasts and our own, Kev. <laughs> I thought I thought you said laser. I thought you said failing. No, 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 no. I, I, I not fair. Yeah, I yeah. failing. Not it's all good. Okay. It's all good. Yeah. yeah, I couldn't remember what position he played when he came in as a forward. I, I was thinking it was a forward or midfielder. I couldn't remember. Um, See, I just I, I immediately I was like, oh. You, your etu is failing, I mean, yeah. so you're yeah. just going to say failing. And so the other option, and you know, I, we should move on from this game because we spent 45 minutes talking about a nil-nil draw. But um, it was a good nil-nil. Draw. I know I, you've made fun, that point. Mike. It was fun. Um, the other option is that you drop Robbie Mertz back and you put Laser up higher up the field where Mertz was. But I think that you lose something by having Mertz not up in that attacking role the way that he's been playing. Yeah, oh, I think yeah. I, I think, think you're you like back. yeah, I think you're like Alex Dixing the. Yes. Role. Yes. <laughs> but if you're phrase. looking for yeah. who can do it, he can do it. You're just yeah. going to lose that ability yeah. elsewhere on the field. It's Nate's chance. DeSantos, he's yeah. going to come in. He's going to he's going to take bit. the Etu role. I hope not because uh, he is not doing good this season. Maybe this is what he needs. I don't but know. that's my I, point. Like I don't think I, he's doing terrible though. Agree to disagree. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Th- yeah. I mean, I don't think he's doing terrible, but it's. I wouldn't say he's far off from that. Um, You guys are way more negative. I see a lot of potential there. I like the energy that he has. I like the way in which he... He passes just as good as that too does. Which is a state not great. Shots fired. Guys, anything else you want to talk about as it relates to this game? Maybe we should move on. All right, Liz said we're moving on, so we're moving on. Uh, Just a quick glance around the league. This has just been something that... It, the first few weeks after we sort of did the whole, uh, you know, fan voting for the top 11, in the Lily era, we're seeing more and more of these players names just like popping up. And this is not me like salt on the wound kind of thing, but I feel like we should acknowledge when there's players that were that we know 
intimately are like doing a good job. So the first few weeks we were talking about Alex Dixon this past week, Russell Cicerone got two goals and Vidiello got a shutout as Sacramento beat Louisville five, nothing, which was probably the shock result of the weekend. So Cicerone with two Vidiello with the shutout. Then Nico Brett got two goals as Birmingham beat Tampa two, nothing. And, you know, Tampa are one of those teams that we always consider to be top of the East. They are struggling early on with no wins, two draws and two losses. So we also talked a little bit about Birmingham. Kev, you mentioned like it was probably good that we played them early because between Brett and Pasher drink, um, you know, they're, they're, they're getting hot. So thanks, Liz, for supporting that. Um, I feel like at some point you got to unfriend your exes and uh, don't look at their Facebook pages anymore. <laughs> and this is that point. Like, I, I, I'm sad. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to see it. <laughs> You're like, oh you don't my want god! They got a promotion. They have a great house. Like, um, I can't I'm so happy this. for you. Yeah. This is great. You deserve listen, it. Listen, look. So I, when when I saw the final score of the Sacramento game, I just basically retweeted and I said, "There's too many thoughts." And there were multiple Ciceronis that liked the tweet. So like, they still follow us. Does that count for anything? That's the one X I haven't gotten over yet. Yeah, yeah. Ciceronis like, are, but I mean, so is. I think there was a lot of stuff that went into the decision for that, and just because his family attended tailgate, you know, what I mean, it was the same thing when like when Mertz left. It was hard on any number of levels, um, and for different reasons. Um, it's nice to see him like get back in the groove though and succeed. I don't know, like I, we want this to be a competitive, you know, league, and whatever the USL is doing with. MLS and the fight that they're having like if we're not competitive if we're not playing interesting games that's going to fall apart and I don't want that so it hurts but also kind of cool I'm gonna I'm gonna let Liz be the final vote on this should we should I bring up former hounds and how they're doing moving forward or are we done you get one season if they were here last season you can bring them up but other than that you're cut off okay so Nico Brett and Danny Vidiello are out yeah Yeah. Ciceroni and Dixon are still in I feel like it's a very, very old hound. It's also kind of fun because then it's like there's no emotion there. It's like, hey, so like, what's what's Cheetah doing? <laughs> Not much. That's fine. But I mean, <laughs> Robert's got player of the week. Like, call that out. And okay, all right, got it, got it, got it. It's like okay. therapy. At some point, you gotta move on. Yeah, we'll I'm make, giving we'll you. A, I'm giving you one season. That's fair. <laughs> Guys, the the results of this game. Um, I know there were a number of people that were up in arms because. They were like, technically, Deke was scored, so it should count as a win as it relates to Pickham. But unfortunately, that is not how it works. So our rankings actually end up staying pretty much as they were because a number of people picked draws. So looking at our leaderboard for Pickham so far this year, after four games, Dan Yost and Keaton Liebengood, uh, or Liebengood, apologies if I'm butchering that, both on four points. Kev, you and Laura Ellen also have four points. We need to knock Kev out of the top spot yeah, where, to force him. At? I don't huh? see you on the I have a point. Thank you very much. I just got one this game. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I, we're, we're just <laughs> off this list. Don't worry. Um, Mongols, we need to like combine and, and take down Kev so that he has to come up for a game next year. And then right behind them, you have JF and Justin on three points each. It is still not too late. You come in and pick the correct score and you're already on three points. So encourage everybody, if you're interested, we are giving away two free season tickets to the Hounds in 2024 to whoever gets the highest score. All you got to do is predict the score. Uh, You get three points if you get the score prediction dead on. You get one point if you correctly pick a win, a draw, or a loss. Um, 
that's pretty much it. It, it. You have to be a supporter of the show, which is $10 a year. There's a link over on YouTube or on Twitter. If you're interested and you can't find it, just DM us on either service and we will send you the link. But you're welcome to play without being a supporter. So um, it's just fun and sort of see how it goes. We're really bad at picking these, apparently. Like that was that was Speak part of my yourself. thing of doing this was like we pick these games every week and there's zero repercussions. But um, even just picking the right result is really difficult in the USL. So, yeah. So that's that. Guys, next game for the Hounds, uh, I already mentioned we play the Switchbacks on Saturday at 8 p.m. So we will be out in Colorado Springs. The Switchbacks are currently 2-1-1. One, and one. They most recently beat Loudon 1-0 after Romario Williams scored in the fifth minute of their game. We know Loudon has been putting on some highlight reels as well, so that's, that's quite a, a, an accomplishment for them. All of their goals have come from inside the box and on the ground, so not a ton of crosses, not a ton of headers, just something to keep an eye on there. Apparently, they are dealing with some injury issues, just as we are, so we'll see if that has some advantage for us. Uh, and I know we're not looking at overall rankings, but the USL put out their power rankings this past week, just trying to get some information on the switchbacks. The switchbacks are currently ranked seventh in the USL's power rankings, and we are ranked eighth. So like side by side, pretty even teams doing similar things. They have one more win than we do, but they also have a loss. So we still have not had our first loss of the season. I don't think it's going to come here either, but this is the point where we sort of do our predictions. So Liz with a cat over your shoulder, <laughs> would you like to lead us off as the guest in terms of what, how you think this game will end up? What kind of field do they play on? Oh, geez. That's a <laughs> good, good question. question. I, I don't know if they play on a baseball field or not. Let me see. Let me pull out FODMOB and see if FODMOB Widener will tell me. Field. Yeah, it's Widener Field. I don't know anything about Widener Field. I clicked on it on FODMOB and it came up in Google Maps. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Hold on. I'm going to go to Satellite View. It doesn't look bad. I think it's a soccer field. It is not a baseball field. It is yeah. a soccer-specific field. Okay. Uh, I think it's going to be a 1-1 draw. Ooh, Okay. This looks like it's turf too. Yeah, it is turf. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> All right. So, but it's definitely bigger than our field because we have the smallest possible field. So yeah, true. So Liz says one one. Josh, what do you think? I said one one last. No, I said zeros. No, I said one one last time. I think, uh, and it was zero zero. I'm gonna say we win one zero. Oh man, Josh going with the W. Ev, what do you got? Two nil switchbacks. Ooh. Fired. <laughs> Taking over Ooh. your spot. I'm door. curious why you feel that way, Kev. Honestly, it's just a feeling. I think it's all vibes. No, yeah. no, no <laughs> thoughts. All vibes, no thoughts. That's that's the way you gotta go with these things. No, I don't know. I I think I don't know. I just I think we I think we played really well against Tulsa. And I don't think Think. And we can't do that again. <laughs> well, I, well, I'm just gonna say, like, I don't think that's our level for like every away game we play at. I, I, I just, I, I was really impressed, and I think on some level we <laughs> overperformed in Tulsa. I was and so, 
I was gonna. It's because Etu's out. I mean, he yeah, thinks Etu's out. So honestly, I think that's a bit out. of it as well. I mean, I, I think like that's, 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 that's gonna have a knock on blah blah blah. But yeah, and and also like the second away game in a row. I mean, get get used to the away games because, you know, after this week, the Hounds will be home, but then we're away for three more games. That's just sort of the way they early June, season. Is yeah, it's June, July. Yeah. Hounds, hounds yeah. Also, I, I guess putting it this way, at the beginning of the season, if you would have said, do you think we're going to go unbeaten in the first five? I would have said no. And so. Yeah, but yeah. now you've seen how we're playing. You can change your mind. Yeah. <laughs> Evidence-based you know, answers. Broad-based statistics. That's what I'm going for right now. All vibes. <laughs> I am going to say... Oh, man. I really want to say a 2 nothing win. Coming into this, I was saying it's going to be a draw. I'm like, it's at least going to be... I don't see us dropping points. But seeing what sort of happened in Tulsa, knowing that the switchbacks had to sort of grind out this win against... Uh, Loudon, knowing how well our defense is, getting the sense that Jamali Waite might be the guy, and we're not dealing with rotation there so much. I'm gonna, I'll say one one. I'll, I'll say one nothing. Hounds. That's um, what I said. I'll, I'll, yeah, I know. I'm gonna take Josh's pick too. Um, if I get three points, <laughs> and you also get three points. Well, but here's I was gonna say. Here's the other thing, Josh. <laughs> you and I seem to like be stuck with one point apiece, and so the fact that we're picking the same things is probably not. That's not a good sign. Uh, that's not a good sign. No. <laughs> should I should I price this right this and for the rest of the season just pick whatever you guys pick so you can never get above me? Is that... <laughs> no, well, because Laura, Ellen, and Liz, and Justin, and Steve well, can also overtake you. That's so. true, but I don't talk to them week to week, week on week. I talk to you guys. You act like Mike just is is not just going to make you go first every time. Yeah, <laughs> that's I'm true. Coming back next week. You you forget that we had a brother that used to play that game. Anytime we would go out to eat, he never wanted to order the same thing as anyone else. So he always wanted to go last and we would try to guess what he wanted and <laughs> ordered it instead. And then he'd have to change his order. So yeah, Kevin's very familiar with that's some brother people. shenanigans. Right there. <laughs> that's some very much like, Oh, you want to be different? No. <laughs> well, yeah, he was, he's, the, he's the typical middle child. It was very much like, we're going to be different just to be different kind of thing. Also to be clear, what matters here is what we put on the YouTube community post. It's not I hope not, because I've never done it. <laughs> uh, listen, what is official is on the YouTube community post, but for those who are on the show that don't do it, I fill you in on the spreadsheet where I'm actually Oh, that's driving. good to know. So, I, I, okay, I'll stop putting it. No, 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 Kev, you keep, keep doing it. The preference is you do it on the YouTube community post. Oh, uh, now calling like me out. Oh, man. <laughs> Because like even right now, Steve is putting his picks in the chat while we're live, and I'm not going back and looking at this chat once we're done. So like, <laughs> do it on YouTube community post. So as Kevin brings up a good point, if you're playing on uh, Friday morning, I think I have it set up already uh, over on YouTube on our community page. There will be a post. You just add a comment to that post with your score prediction. We will also have the link from Twitter. Although now apparently Twitter is is Doge, not Twitter. Uh, there's all sorts of like nonsense going on over there. Um, so we keep saying that you know we're using YouTube in case something crazy happens with Twitter and it's crazy things keep happening with Twitter. So just hang on. Um, but get get comfortable with YouTube is is, is what we're saying. Um, that's what we think. Obviously, none of us know what you guys think. Um, I still have to send. 
um, Polanski his prize. I told him I was going to do it last week and then things spiraled out of control with the dogs and the foot and the whole thing. Um, so Matt, it's, it's on the way. I promise I have not forgotten about you. Um, anything else that you guys want to talk about in this one? Uh, watch party for the game at Mike's We're we're going to have a joint watch party with the hounds, um, for this game. Uh, this isn't going to be like, like we're not, not doing bulldogs anymore. It's just for this game. We're, we're going to have the watch party at, at Mike's with the hounds. So and it's firework night for the pirates. So you could catch some fireworks. Nice. Feels like there's a story there. No, no. It, it's just like uh, there there could be a parking situation at Mike's because of the fact that there is a game. Mm-hmm. So I think the hounds are working on a solution there. There's nothing official yet, but the the rumor on the the street is they might have a uh, uh, bus or something like that from Highmark to Mike's, dropping uh-huh. people off and back, a shuttle, if you will. Um, interesting i was like like what are they gonna do like put up like a toll bridge and be like prove that you like the river hounds and you get these parking spaces (laughs) you don't have merch on you don't get in well i'm i'm assuming that like they're still gonna charge you to park at highmark stadium so like it's about what they would charge though it's probably less than what they charge during a a a baseball game around the stadium though so it's probably gonna be better prices maybe I mean, it's a it's a smart way to make some money on a hounds away game. So and the games aren't the same time. Like there's there's a lot of like factors there. So the it's actually going to work out because like Mike's isn't busy during the game, and we'll be playing during the game. So it's it's not going to be that bad. Um, Yeah, Mike, I think you should just like commit to it, and for the rest of the season, in every way possible, be as negative as possible. I think that's what you should do, and just see if you could do it. Like, cause that would be, I think that'd be kind of interesting to a dynamic to the show. Wait, 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 just like in general, just like be negative about yeah. the team and my score yeah. prediction and just everything. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So negative. you don't like the fact that I've come around and I'm trying to be not even optimistic. Yeah. Just I enjoy like, it. I enjoy it. He doesn't want to you miss the negative mic is what you're yeah, saying. Yeah. <laughs> Screw you, Kev. Okay. How about that? Kevin about doesn't that? want to be the stick in the mud. Does that work for you? He wants to be the one that's you a little like more that? optimistic. <laughs> He said for the team, see, not for him. Did you guys see SNL weird. this Can week? I end this? The <laughs> there was an amazing sketch about uh, um, uh, two cars in traffic on SNL this week. Yeah, that was funny. And, you know, they eat my butt, which I, I laughed <laughs> out loud multiple times in that. So, yeah, go check that out, Kev. You can eat my butt. Okay? <laughs> I saw it. It was funny. Good. Yeah. <gasps> Why are you using two hands? All right, we're going to get out of here. Um, if you have no idea what we're talking about, go go to YouTube, look up SNL traffic, and uh, yeah, it'll come up. Um, or don't. I'm not going to. That's fine. Your funeral, Liz. Um, That's aggressive. <laughs> it's been a, Did I say it's been a week? I'm going negative real fast. I need to, I need to end look this. Look what you've done, Kevin. Yeah, Kevin. Yeah, way to go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you very, very soon. Cheers. Later. Bye.